no bigger waste of time. Yeah, and although Villa, they've been pretty disjointed. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, I thought the international break was going to come at a good time as long as nobody got injured. And, of course, a couple people got injured. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's my, that's not my problem. I don't mind the break. I actually kind of like having the week off from football and whatnot. But, Jesus, just let them have a break. Like, everyone just played in the longest summer ever. Everyone just, you know, coming off of the – It's most everyone's been playing for, like, two and a half straight years. Yeah, basically, and especially for the guys that played in those major tournaments, the World Cup and the Euros, it really never stops. Yeah, absolutely. Let them have a goddamn break and stop letting them get injured. Uh, the person you're referring to, uh, you know, maybe one of Aston Villa's most important players this season, Idris Ghana, hurts his hamstring playing for Senegal in some bullshit match that doesn't even matter. Basically, yeah, as, as far as I'm concerned, none of these matches really matter. It's They're overdrawn qualifiers, it's like... Scotland losing to Georgia, it's like, okay, neither of those teams are doing anything at the Euros, and with all these tournaments expanding the fields for probably more TV money, it's it's just really unnecessary. Yeah, absolutely. Last year we lost for almost the entire season Philippe Senderos to injuries sustained on international travel. He sustained one in the October break that kept him out, and he made a bench appearance in the final match before the November break. And then in November, got himself a knee injury that kept him out for the rest of the season. Like, yeah, so, yeah. I, I mean, that kind of just sums it up, basically, of just why why we hate the international break, why everyone hates the international break. Yeah, it doesn't help that I really don't like watching the international team that I'm supposed to support. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. I want to I talk about what was good. Jordan Ayew scored a stoppage time winner for Ghana. And Jordan Amavi, his goal, that was incredible. And it, it, he started on the right wing. Yeah, absolutely. Amavi came in from the right wing. And a lot of snarky comments about, oh, it was a wonder tap-in. And it's like, okay, sure, if all you watch is literally the finish, it was a tap-in. But he started that play, he you know, propelled it up the right wing, he crossed the ball in, and then he followed, followed out wide, knowing where the rebound was going to go to collect that rebound and get the wonder tap-in. Yeah, and sure, it was a tap-in, but maybe if the striker plays him back the ball, he slots it first time. Yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, the people that were giving snark about it being a wonder tap-in were maybe in many cases joking, but there seemed to be a lot of people serious about that, in which case, learn to watch the game. Yeah, watch him sprint from midfield and follow the play into the area. Yeah, absolutely. He started that thing, he finished that thing. It was an incredible uh, bit of work from Amavi. Uh, pretty exciting to see. Uh, did you see Ayu's goal as well? Yeah, I did. I, I just saw the, the highlights of it, but it was crazy that he took it on the left wing and did all the work himself. I, yeah. think, I think we actually talked about it last time, because that that was, I think he played it, that was the first international of the break, I guess. Did we? All right. Well, good on us. We've already right. covered that. Yeah. Regardless, it was a nice goal, because he did all that work. He He brought it in from the left wing and got himself into a position to shoot and score that winner. Yeah, um, and I, I saw a tweet, and it said... Uh, Jordan Ayew, quote, says he will do his best for Aston Villa, and some, someone, quote, tweeted it and was like, well, I would bloody hope so or something. But, I mean, it's 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 better than having someone who's angry about having to play somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I, I Yeah, I don't get people being cynical. And it's probably some quote that was like, you know, well, what are you expecting at Aston Villa? And he's like, well, I'm going to do my best. Yeah, and it's like, you haven't been that great so far, but... Yeah, exactly. I'm going to do my best and try to give the best, and then they just take it out of context and say, Ayu says he'll do his best. And like, well, yeah, exactly, and it, it, he's already getting getting integrated in the club, giving a shirt to the fan. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was glad to see both of them scoring. Um, the first USA match, I thought Kuzan had a nice little match. Yeah, I thought, and I thought against Brazil they lost 4-1, but there was really nothing Brad Guzan could have done. It was an awful position for Guzan to be in. He was putting in a decent performance, and his back line just shot the bed. He's probably never experienced that before. Yeah, you put in you put in almost any goalkeeper in that situation, and with the back four that the U.S. has and going up against someone like Neymar, you're not going to have a chance. I don't expect glory from the United States. I expect a team that's maybe a little worse than England, but holy God, did they look bad against Brazil. I expect to see in 20 years a team that could hope to challenge to get to the last eight in the World Cup. Well, you'd better hope that Jurgen isn't around in yeah. 20 years. Well, he's not going to be, but that's a subject for someone else's podcast. Oh. And, the, and the U.S. Soccer Federation making a bunch of stupid moves for a friendly match, granted against Brazil, but a friendly match in New England, not even Boston. The cheapest seats in the house were $75. Yeah, that's that's what the real issue is, is that <laughs> the, the, pay, the place should have been packed, and it wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. They said it was uh, 24,000 attendants, and there is no way it was 24,000 people in that yeah. stadium. And, and it's, because, it, yeah, it's because they're doing money-grabbing junk, like, let's charge $75 for an entirely meaningless friendly. That too, um, yeah. You know, charging in, in 75 the middle, In the middle of an MLS season, you know, where all, like players aren't even going to be there and at the very end of the international break. Yeah, absolutely. Charging $75 for... I don't know, say the Mexico Confederations Cup qualifier coming up at the Rose Bowl, that kind of makes sense because that's a huge match with giant implications. Yeah, that seems but, reasonable. But charging 75 for some BS friendly on a Tuesday night in Foxborough, Massachusetts, what a joke. Yeah. Um, international football, and it's just, it really irritates me when stuff like that happens. It's like, this is a meaningless match, and you're robbing teams of their players and possibly getting them injured, and you're robbing fans of their money for some joke of a match yeah, that the U.S. didn't even right. come out for. Yeah. But anyways, um, about the injuries, Idris Agana, like we said, he got hurt, and it's funny, the player he replaced who moved to <laughs> Manchester City also got hurt. Yeah, uh, Fabian Delph making his return after getting injured in the preseason took 13 seconds, was it? Yeah, it was not long at all. And I saw I saw like a, a heat map of Delft and it just had a snake slithering out of the pitch and then just right back off the pitch, <laughs> right in the middle where it was taken off. God, I'm but, so torn. I want to gloat, but I'm just going to bite my tongue on this. Um, I mean, like, I, I wrote the article, Go Get Your Money, Delft. I don't really care. It's just, I just thought it was funny. And even better was his Instagram picture with Sterling. And he had the two snake emojis and then on a oh, plane emoji. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, but, God, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, Delph is a thing. I mean, have fun up your, I hope you can get enough matches to pick up your Premier League winner's medal because Men's City look like they can do the business. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if he will, though. That's a good question. Does he Does he actually get that medal this year? Yeah. Um. But yeah, Idris Agana getting his hamstring hurt, that's that's quite the blow. Um he's been he's been every bit the replacement for Delph that we wanted, and losing him is going to hurt the midfield, especially given the fact that it looks like uh, Adama and Grealish may still be uh missing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all these players that we expected would be healed up after the international break doesn't appear to be so. 
Yeah, I I say this every year seemingly, but I really question what's going on with the Villa medical staff, because seemingly niggling tiny little injuries take forever for this team to heal, and and it may just be confirmation bias if this is the only club I watch. So maybe I'm not seeing the same thing happening elsewhere, but God, it feels like every time we have a minor injury, it lasts a month and a half. Yeah, and it's it's not like we have the the Bayern doctor who developed the miracle injections and. You know, you had the big issues with their board last year. Pep terminated him, but I don't know. It just maybe we just need need some miracle worker in there to get people back fit. I wonder if we could get Ava uh, from Chelsea. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think she's just going back to work. But yeah. Um. Anyways, it. I mean, it looks like uh, Jordan Veratu is going to be thrust into the action. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a chance to prove himself right here because we don't know yet how long Idrissa is going to be out for or how long Gunn is going to be out for. Um, so this may be an instance in which Veritu gets a couple of weeks run out, which in this case would mean he gets Leicester, he gets West Brom, and he gets Birmingham. That's a hell of a chance to prove yourself. Yeah, and I think maybe he's going to be the only option. I'm not sure when Gary Gardner is going to be back. but <laughs> still, Spe- I mean, Speaking of minor injuries that seemingly take forever... Terry Gardner. Yeah, well, I mean, in the in the preseason, he got killed on that tackle, and he's probably lucky his leg isn't broken. But still, it's it's just one after another for him. And I mean, that's kind of what we saw with Dell for a few years. He just couldn't get fit, and then once he was, he was very good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but and but we know Gardner's good. He was scoring goals of the week in the championship last year regularly. Yeah, absolutely. He's got all the potential in the world. It's just a matter of him finally getting that string of bad luck out from behind him. Um, but Ghana getting hurt now hurts us, and I, I don't like getting – I don't like this team not at full strength heading into this stretch because if we can win these two matches, if we can win Leicester and West Brom, we put ourselves in a really good position coming up to a tough stretch after that. Yeah, after after that cup match and when we'll be taking on Liverpool and, you know, there's just a lot of teams in a row there that – it, you could go winless in that stretch. Yep. But you have, you have to set yourself up that it's not going to doom your season if you do go winless. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, remember where we were after four matches last year and then what happened. So, you know, that fear is ever-present at the back of our minds. Yeah, it's, I'll go over the fixture list really quickly. It's Liverpool, Stoke, and then Chelsea, Swansea, Spurs, Manchester City, and then Everton. Yeah, of those, the most winnable, winnable actually seems like Spurs. And then it's, it's not even too easy after that with Watford, Southampton, and then Arsenal. You know, like, mm-hmm. Watford hasn't been horrible so far at all. I mean, they just have three points from the four, but same as Spurs, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a time when we actually need to be winning stuff. And having Ghana out does not doom us to losing or even drawing these matches. We can still win without him. Yeah, um, it just sucks not to be at full strength for these matches. Undoubtedly, um, the good so news I, is everyone has an extra day, though, because this is a true. Sunday match. That's true. It is Sunday, and it's the late match Sunday, so hopefully everyone should be able to watch. With, I mean, depending on your time zone, we we didn't address the uh, the Australia of what time the match is there. Like we said, we were going to in previous weeks. I don't know what but, it is. My conversions yeah. are off. Besides, still, I'll be watching AFL finals. Yeah. Uh, probably not on at the same time, but they'll all be hung over from watching the AFL finals. I don't know. Something like probably. that. Unless they're, uh, unless they're still awake, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 
hopefully everyone can be back healthy. I'd at least like to see one of Grealish or Adama ready for this match. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess I'll go to our first or one of the Twitter questions we got from Ethan Gregerson and said, "Would El Brighton get to play in this Villa team?" And you know, with with Ghana or excuse me, with Grealish and Adama out, maybe he would. You know, yeah, if that's a winger. You, if you'd like to have a winger in there. Yeah, absolutely. With with this team needing a little more creative power, if if in some strange alternate universe we got Mark Albrighton today, based on what he's done this season, I think he would make it in on Saturday or on Sunday rather. Yeah, and let's see another another one from Ethan Gregerson. It was best way to shut down Mares, and I think it, it's going to come down to the central defense. It's, Richards has been good. Clark Clark's been okay. Somehow, who scored as him rated as one of the top center backs in the Premier League this season, which. I mean, we'll never understand those those ratings. Oh, yeah, no, that doesn't make a bit of sense at all. It's, I, I don't know, I Mahrez is going to be tough to shut down. He's been absolutely incredible this year. And you're right, I think it does come down to that central defense. Um, if you trust the Guardian, Mahrez is a uh, transfer target for Barcelona as of two days ago. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's the Guardian, but still. <clears throat> yeah, I'm a little torn on that because I actually do kind of trust the Guardian, but yeah. uh, I'm not sure if I can see him making jump to Barcelona from Leicester. Yeah, and then the last one from Ethan was, which Villa player would you be okay with him taking a three-game suspension to absolutely wreck Vardy? <laughs> it's got to be the Huttonator. Yeah, absolutely, uh, just because it's it's so fitting for him. I mean, if he, if he can stay on his feet to run... 10 meters in a row without tripping. That was a hilarious find. That <laughs> international break. Yeah, Hutton over a plane for Scotland, tripping over his face. Uh, but yeah, I think Hutton is a good choice. My pick would have been in Zogbia. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's what's three games lost from someone who wasn't going to play? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, send him out there. Or maybe Rudy, because Rudy just said then Ben Kozak could get a chance to play. Oh, God. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Do you think we actually see Kozak? I don't know. It's it's kind of a fixture buildup with the cup match coming up, but I don't know. Uh, hopefully, he's shown sure what's something in training. Yeah, I I hope so. I mean, I don't know what else he can show him though. He showed him everything he has in uh, in preseason. Yeah, you'd think exactly, and he did more than capably enough to show that he should have at least a chance to lead the line. You yeah. gotta give him. You gotta give him two games. Maybe not back to back, but either just one and then a day off and then the next one, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, maybe you put in Ayu, Kozak and Ayu. Yeah. Kozak Ayu and Ayu, why not? After Ayu's strong international break and the fact that Kozak really should be getting time, that would be a pair that makes sense to me. And if, if you're going to go back to the diamond midfield, just pop, plop Carlos heel right behind them. And then you could sit Westwood, Veratu and Sanchez. And that, that'd be a pretty strong defensive three. Yeah, I I would be totally okay with that actually. Because um, we're we're gonna play Jordan Amavi and it's probably gonna be Bakun on the right, who and both of them are gonna get forward. I don't know. With one exception, there's one guy that needs to start. Yeah. Scott Sinclair. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry, Kozak. Yeah, maybe I would take him in place of Kozak, or maybe at this point in place of Ayu. Yeah, give give uh, Sinclair the first half and then put on Ayu as a sub. Because I think Sinclair fits more into where we would be playing IU. And he fits he, into the role of someone who can stick the ball in the freaking net. Yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, 
I mean, all, all of my tactics post out for tomorrow, so I'll discuss that a little more in great detail. Sorry, what were you saying, though? Uh, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I was just agreeing, assenting. Um, Next question. This was pretty funny from Mark Bannister, 1874 FC. Choose a Premier League team to disappear forever, not to be mentioned nor remembered again. Which team, why? God, this is tough. My gut reactions want to say West Brom or Leicester. Yeah, but you, you've got to lop off somebody like Chelsea or like Liverpool or I don't know. Manchester United, maybe. You want to get rid of a little of the disparity in the league. No, I, I mean, those are just the teams that I dislike the most, I think. It would be pretty funny to, like, see a bunch of Manchester United fans without a team to root for. Yeah, would they just hop the hop over to FC United of Manchester? <laughs> maybe they become Barca fans? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. God, I, I was actually giving this one a lot of thought. I think... I think I still go with West Brom. And as to the answer of why, purely out of spite. Yeah. I, am, I don't know. Like what I would am, what would happen to all their players? Like would they be just up for grabs or like I think they just disappear. I, I like the idea where this, this team never existed. <laughs> I, that's a pretty hilarious proposition. I I mean I don't know. I would miss the jawing back and forth with West Brom fans, but I am not a noble or good human being. I would make them disappear out of spite in a heartbeat. Or maybe I'd just go with Stoke for that reason. I don't know. Oh, God. Can you do it on a Sunday in Stoke? Or, yeah. Or, cold, a cold Tuesday. Yeah, God. A cold FU. Champions League. Totally no. Um, yeah. A cold FU on Stoke. Then our, our last one from Rory Skian, it was sure <laughs> your waiter at a nice but not great restaurant, slow service but good food. How much do you tip him? Twenty percent. Yeah, I mean per- personally I hate tipping because it's it's dumb. You should just charge more for the food, but mm, if if it's good food, I think twenty percent is not not unreasonable. Twenty percent tends to be my baseline for tipping, so slow service. Maybe, maybe how cold because. Is the beer? Say that. How cold is the beer? Yeah, it's the coldest beer in all of the United States. Uh, I don't. I don't like it like super cold though. <laughs> it's, it's actually a beer question. slushy. Good question. Yeah. Uh, cold as the Rockies, because you know when you're you're advertising your beer based on it has to be frigid that you know it's you know it's such a good beer. So we're saying your waiter at a nice but not great restaurant. So for two people, what do we think? Sixty dollars is your bill. Yeah, yeah. All right, I give him I give him a fifteen dollar tip. Yeah, a little more than twenty percent. Just a nice even number. I mean, it sure would. It sure would. Yeah, I suppose that question is the other is the other thing there. Am, am I cognizant of the fact that it's Tim Sherwood? Yeah. Is he still the manager of Aston Villa? Because if so, I actually it could change my answer either way. If he's still the manager of Villa, I probably give him nothing because he's got plenty of money as it is. Maybe you could, if you if you give him a little more cash, you can move into Lambert's old house. <laughs> yeah, or I give him more because he's the manager of Aston Villa, and I say yeah. like, sign my receipt or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah exactly. my, my gut instinct is uh, he gets fifteen dollars on a sixty dollar tab, so twenty two and a half percent. Yeah. Then then again, I guess that's that's if we're in the U.S. If we're overseas, it, it's totally different. Yeah, actually not 25 percent. Yeah, and if we're overseas, 
I don't know. A lot of our overseas listeners are wondering what the hell we're talking about with this tip stuff. Yeah, you just you give them two two pounds or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. 15 bucks on the $60 uh, tab. That's what Tim Sherwood's getting from me. <laughs> All right, so we, we didn't have a whole lot of Twitter questions. I guess that was it, actually. But let's uh, let's talk a, a little bit, reflect on the season. Uh, Matt Ferencik had the post, and it was a roundtable for the week, asking, the international break is over, and Estenville are coming back on Sunday. How are you feeling about Villa's season so far? And as usual, we were pretty much in agreement, Robert. <laughs> I, I, I worry about that sometimes. I keep thinking we should uh, find people who vitriolically disagree with us. Uh, but overall, I'm okay with it thus far. What did you end up saying? Yeah, I, I just said I, I was slightly concerned just because, uh, like we were just talking about Sherwood, he's he's found a bunch of great players, but he hasn't found out how best to utilize them altogether. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's not a damning statement. Um if if he can make this all work, I honestly still think we could challenge for, you know, top eight, maybe even top six. Maybe yeah, that exactly. sixth we're, position. We're four matches into the season, and you look at the table, and it's n- probably not what you expected to see from it. No. You, you look at Spurs, they're 16th, they've yet to win. Chelsea, worst goal difference, level on points with Villa, just four. And then teams that you expect to see in that challenging for that sixth spot, maybe... You have Swansea, and they're they're already up in fourth. But then you have Crystal Palace in second. Yeah, it's it's crazy right now, and things will sort out a little bit. Chelsea will get better. Although every time I think about the fact that Chelsea is worse than Villa, I do a little dance because um, yeah. they mean, are. We, we haven't had to play City yet, though. No, we haven't. But whatever, I do a little dance because Chelsea being worse than Villa makes me happy. Uh, you have to take your victories where you can get them. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah, so so my my one word was trepidatious on this. It's because there's so much potential here, and this could be the team that finally busts us out of the rut. But if things don't work out, this could be another hellish year. Yeah, and and again, I that's what I think it will be. Worst case scenario, it will be in the relegation race. But I don't think there's really any danger of being sucked down and into that relegation. You know, like like we've seen the past couple of years, we still worst case got to finish fifteenth. Yeah, I, I think that would be I, – I wouldn't say that's worst case. I think worst case is still relegation this year. I think that could happen. But we're lucky to have teams like Sunderland who are junk and, you know, well, we Watford. Them. Hmm? We drew Sunderland. Yeah, but that doesn't mean uh, other teams are going to draw Sunderland. Yeah, they're, yeah, that's a good point. they're junk. It just so happens that we're not so great right now. Um you know, we're in 12th. I'll take that where we're at. Yeah, if, if we end, the season ended today, great. Yeah, if we ended the season in 12th, that would be lovely. Yeah, um, but just, just four matches in, and really, I don't know, coming into the really the prime time of the season and something we always like to talk about, FIFA coming out soon, the rankings came out, and actually Villa, maybe, maybe a team you could play with this year. They look a little bit better. A little bit better, but no one over 80, or at 80 even. Yeah, yeah, that's it is surprising, even though the Brad Guzan did do a 79, same as Micah Richards. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, Joris Akora got a huge boost up to 77. Where was he at? I think he was at a 73. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure if Clark was 73 or 74, but they were both around there. So 
good to good to see them going up. Amavi, I think he was a 68 last year. He's at a 75 now. And you've got to think he's got tons of upwards potential. Oh, without a doubt. I was I was surprised to see Scott Sinclair only at a 74. And Gabby still continues to decline. He's now 73. He was like an 81 in FIFA 11 and really like probably was the best player in that game if you went in your career mode three or four yeah. years in the future. But yeah. obviously that's not what happened. When do they update these? I don't play FIFA because I don't uh, have a game console. So like January, January usually is the the winner rankings, but they they do fluctuate week to week with the the match day form. All right, so Sinclair probably has. I I would imagine those rankings happened before his five goals in four days. I think okay. so, and I was just really disappointed that Jack Grealish was only a seventy-two. Yeah, that struck me as a little low. Although I was really excited to see that Adama has a ninety pace. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's appropriate. Right up there with with Abby, with Abby, Abby. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call him. He's not Gabby anymore. He's Abby. Abby Gagbumlor. <laughs> there we go. That's what my mouth was trying to do. <laughs> um, Abby Gagbumlor. <laughs> so like last last week against Sunderland, or two, last match against Sunderland, we dubbed it a must win. We didn't win. It was a draw. We we talked about it. We don't want to talk about it. <laughs> anymore, but um, this match I think just just as crucial against Leicester City. I wouldn't call this one a must-win though, um, simply because Leicester have looked pretty decent this year, and it's away. I think this is a must-draw. Exactly. Yeah, that's. I guess that's that's kind of what I meant is must must get at least a point. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're if it's drawn and Sherwood goes for it late, tries to get the two and sacrificing maybe the one whatever, as long as it's not given up stupidly, or a center back deflects a, a ball that Guzan would have saved again, because that's just getting annoying. Yeah, it is. Um, it's really ridiculous how with each of the five goals we've given up this year, you can trace almost, I think, every one of them back to some stupid individual mistake. Yeah, usually, generally, usually it's been in a wide area, too. Yeah, it's, I mean... There are certain goals where you give it up and you just go, eh, okay, I mean, that was a failure by the team, but when it tends to be one person doing something stupid, it is wildly frustrating. Yeah, the, those goals that you mentioned first, it's like when Yaya Torre runs 60 yards and cuts through everyone and bulldozes two more guys and just puts it in, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, it's like when Adama Torre does the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and you just shake your head and you go, okay, cool, you know, but it, it doesn't seem like any of the goals we've given up this year have been that way, except maybe the corner that we gave up. Oh, with Scott yeah. Dan. Yeah. Headed in for Palace's opener, and yeah, that was, that was a quality goal, and it was a really good finish, but... Yeah, but other than that, I think you can trace the other four back to stupid mistakes. I mean, that incredible free kick uh, from Sunderland came down to the fact that Amavi made that stupid, not even tackle, just run into the dude. Yeah, and it was it was the same when he lost possession to Bakary Sacco, who... It was a good finish from Sacco, and Guzan was not in perfect position, but he shouldn't have had to been because that ball should have been still moving forward. Yep, exactly. It's uh, So it's getting wildly frustrating. So hopefully Villa can put a stop to that this weekend. Um, and like I said, I think a draw is acceptable here. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely agree. Another point on the table currently, Villa with four after four matches in 12, and Leicester City their third, eight points from four. They got that plus three goal difference, and incredibly, they haven't lost since April 29th. Good lord. 
Can you imagine that? Lose any friendlies over the summer? They, I mean, obviously a couple draws thrown in there, but I mean that. It's not like you can say the international break is going to cool their form because they kept it from the end of last season. Yeah, and remember, in mid-April last year, they were doomed. They were going down. And yeah, and the that Chelsea loss was the only one before that since since the end of March, really. And that they went on a stretch from the let's see the end of January to the end of March without winning a match. Board. I don't know. Maybe their form's due to flip. Let's hope so. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're as good as they are now. I don't think they're as bad as they were at the end of March. No, no. I, yeah, I agree. Somewhere in the middle. And they're a team that you'd expect to finish 14th, but the way they've been playing, they've got to, they've got to figure they could finish 7th. Yeah, absolutely. This, this could be their year to try to make some noise in there. Um, yeah. Bad news, I guess. I got a got a couple stats. At at home, the Foxes have suffered just one defeat in their nine Premier League games against Aston Villa. That's not what I like to hear. No, <laughs> but they've enjoyed just one win in their last five Premier League meetings against Aston Villa. Was the one. cup win at Leicester? No, it was it was at home. Oh we, yeah, because everything was at home. Yeah, yeah, we did the whole thing at home. That's right. Damn. Oh, bad news, Sherwood's. Premier League managerial win rate has now fallen below 50% for the first time in his career, 48.7. Yep, a win, a win this weekend, I think, could, could correct that back to where it should be. Yeah, and in, two, in the calendar year 2015, Leicester have scored 37 goals in the Premier League. Only Man City with 52, Arsenal with 40, and Chelsea with 38 have more. Yeah. Well, final, final stat, Jordan Amavi, 32 dribbles attempted so far in the Premier League, and that's eight more than any other player. Good lord. Any other defensive player or any other player? Just any other player in general. That strikes me as weird. That's that's like take-ons of, of a one-on-one, I think, is what that is. Yes, because I was going to say, I can't imagine that there isn't some central midfielder who hasn't done more. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's what we got from 442 Stat Zone. And those are those are from Opta, so that's where that's where you have to take a so take it with a grain of salt, because God only knows what Opta is doing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like getting who scored readings. Yeah, but... but no, that's that's interesting. I'd, I'd kind of be intrigued to dig into that a little bit more. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I guess going into this match, it's interesting. We have Julian Lescott now. I wonder if he'll play a part. Yeah, I could see him taking Clark's starting spot, at least this week. Yeah, um, I, th- I think so. I didn't see how Clark did with Ireland at all. Yeah, and neither did I. Sorry. Honestly, <laughs> that most most of the matches, all of them, honestly, did not concern me. Yeah, no, I I actually took an international break and just took the break part of that. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, I so don't care. I know that as a Villa blogger, I should care about what Villa players are doing, but so long as the answer is not injured, that's all I care about. Yeah, if if they score, if they if they play the match and do well, great. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> oh wow, I I didn't even realize this. I guess going back to that Twitter question about Albrighton here, he has three assists and a goal this season in the Premier League. Yeah, that's why I was saying. I think if we get his form right now, he breaks into this team instantly. Yeah. Oh yeah, gotta be the first, one of the first names on the team sheet with Mares, who is four. Yeah, which is just incredible. Mares, Mares propping up my fantasy team right now. Nice, nice. Uh, picked him up quickly after that first weekend. 
because God, I'm so bad at fantasy, fantasy yeah. Premier League. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I've got on that Leicester match. I just want Villa to go out there and get another stinking win. Yeah, same. I I I don't know. I think we are going to see some goals though. Yeah. If you're in the United States, it's worth noting that you can make a hell of a day of drinking out of this. It starts at uh, two hours before the first NFL kickoff. So you yeah. could just start, you know, drinking at 11 or whatever time it is for you and just go through all three NFL games in the day. Yeah, and it's like you don't even have to get up for the early one because it's the, it's the late Sunday match. It's, it's going to be 4 GMT, 11 Eastern, like you said. Um only eight Pacific. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You can make a hell of a day out of that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's what we'll be doing, of course. <laughs> but so you're welcome to join us on on Twitter as we go through that. We'll be at seventy five hundred to hold dot com or seventy five hundred to hold as always, and on seventy five hundred to hold dot com, you can find the latest you need surrounding Aston Villa, because as we thought, we've had the best coverage available especially for that I mean that like we said that cup match there we had all of it on Twitter yeah it was it was kind of fun to see that and especially since I wasn't doing any of it it was really neat to see uh, everyone else just totally crushing it on the site yeah so I mean give give all our other writers a follow if you haven't done so already you can find us on blog talk radio iTunes YouTube stitcher radio of course so thank all of you for listening sorry if you had to endure an ad because we wouldn't be sorry if we got paid for them, but the fact remains we don't. So uh, really, I think that's all I've got. And so for Robert Lintot, I'm Jack Grimsey. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the whole cast.